Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Oh, well, I mean, it's, you know, you mentioned uh, when I started cycling competitively, I, I guess at the age of 16, 17, I must say that I've, I've, I've ran the, the gamut of, of different sports before I, I kind of hitched on to hitch my wagon to cycling, uh, whether it be team sports or individual sports. And I'd stay with cycling just because of the, um, you know, what, what it can bring me. And, and I'm not, I, I would say being an athlete uh, in an individual sport, I felt that cycling was uh, not only individual, but also a team sport. And I think that's helped me throughout the, the years, you know, competing at the high level, though the results that you, re- you achieve are individual results, but they're, they're greatly due to the, uh, the teamwork that comes with, with that. So I was attracted by that. And I think that's, uh, I've carried, uh, carried a lot of what I learned, what I'd learned in cycling as an athlete to, to my professional career, whether it be coaching, being a performance director, and, and now as a, as a CEO. Great. And so how did you get into leadership? I didn't purposely get into leadership, if I'm honest. I, I think it just <laughs> kind of got, it got me, I got there, um, I guess, gradually. I, I think we're, we're all leaders in our own right to start with, uh, regardless of what we do. It's, it's whether or not we want to embrace leadership and take it on or, or not. I think for me, I do tend to to read now that I'm in this position of leadership. I do tend to read a lot of uh, different books and and tune into uh, what, you know podcasts like yours to uh, be able to actually hone my craft of, of leadership. I mean, the um, books that I read, or whether it be uh, Brene Brown or Simon Sinek, et cetera, I'll I'll, I'll go I'll get into that because now it interests me. I, I would say when I started off as a coach, I mean, as a coach, you are a leader anyway. And, uh, you just basically, I just got into it eventually and took on more and more responsibilities. You talk, uh, you talk in one of your podcasts about accountability. And I think that's, that's really important when you're a leader, whether it be a coach, a high force director, CEO, et cetera. And it's just, um, I, I felt that I was a person that, that can be, uh, made responsible for a lot of things and, and accountable. And it's a, it's an area where I'm comfortable with right now. You're not always comfortable, but I mean, you you basically pick up the tools to become uh, more and more accountable and, and trustworthy and communicative. So to answer your question, I think it's, it, I didn't look out for leadership. Leadership found me and I'm, I'm embracing it as, as much as uh, anyone would. Mm, yeah. And I think the embracing thing is really important in the sense that, you know, for a lot of leaders, they have the title, but they may not be embracing it and they may not be stepping up to the accountability because it is a responsibility. As you say, it's huge. And, um, I'm not sure that everyone understands that. And for a lot of people, they actually, I I love, I chuckle at it because the thing is they actually fall into it by mistake at times. Mm. And 
And then they're like, well, I don't know if I really want this. So I think embracing what you're saying is really important. Yeah, I, I think leadership is basically, you know, your, you mentioned your title. I don't, I don't think leadership has to do with, uh, with titles. I think it, it, it has to do with actions that, that people pose on a daily, on a daily basis. I like to, to use the, the old term, which is, you know, you talk to talk, but you need to walk to walk as well. And I think that's really important uh, with regards to leaders. It's people I actually look at you, look at what you do every day and your actions speak very loudly. And that's, that's really important. So yeah, that's, that's, that's basically what I'm trying to do every, every day is just ensure that, you know, what I say I would do, I do, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that brings credibility with it, the trust and building up with it because you do do it, uh, which is really important. And, um, I like it. And I think we've been judged as leaders all the time and people are watching us because, you know, if we are saying things and we're going to do certain things, that's great. The, the words that you just said there about leaders, what they say had the actions, you know, the actions is really, really strong, but I think also what they say has massive impact on people around the world today. So we've got to be careful what we do. While, while still being us and being out there, not trying to be too cautious, but I think it's really important for sure. Hey, um, now this person could be alive or from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? <laughs> right now I'm, I'm re- uh, reading Barack Obama's book, A Promised Land, and I've always admired him, you know, and, and especially with, with reading his memoirs right now. It's a long book. It's about 70, 700 pages. And I think that's one of two, uh, two memoirs that, uh, that he's, he's going to publish. Uh, so. I really like his, I would say his parkour or his, his, you know, how he came to be where he is right now or, or where he was and where he still is. It demonstrates that it's not always easy. I think the, uh, the path to success is not linear and there's some challenges all, all the way and it's a way that you embrace those challenges. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, Obama is one leader that, that I really admire, you know, the, the way that obviously in, as a president in the public eye, it's all about diplomacy. And I think in, in reading what he's, um, you know, what he accomplished, uh, throughout his two terms, even before when he was working, uh, at, at state level, you can really see that in, in his mind, it's all about how you communicate, how do you get out in front of people, how you make yourself available and, and how you all, everything is, as you mentioned, I mean, they're always under, under the scrutiny of everybody and, uh, under the microscope and, and definitely in his case, he was very, he's always been very conscious of that. And I think that's, that's important as a leader. So yeah, I think, I think Obama is really, um, somebody I look up to. My friend, I, I can't even tell you how excited I am to be here with you. I mean, from day one that you and I connected, I've always known what just an amazing person you are, amazing leader you are. And now to see you doing this, uh, this podcast, reaching out to so many leaders, I'm just so proud to be your friend and just excited to be with you today. Yeah, thank you, man. And I, I've got goosebumps. It's awesome. I literally have got goosebumps. The fact that you and I are doing this, this episode together, uh, which is really, really cool. And I know that you, I've done a quick introduction uh, about your background here. And I know that you and I have gone through all sorts of different challenges over the year, last years, and we've come through it and we've let that change and move forward. Is there anything else that you like to share about your background? Well, I'll just try to give a short version of my life because I think so many times people will look at their life and the experiences that they've had, the choices they've, they've made, and they say, I can't be a leader. I've disqualified myself or no one would want to follow me. And this is what I believe. You know, we all have a story to tell and we all have scars from life. 
But scars are a sign of healing. They are a sign of life. They mean we made it. And so I love to be the type of leader that shares my story and shows my scars because I believe that gives other people hope that they can make it too. I grew up with great parents, but unfortunately they divorced at the age of five. I was the oldest child, so I took on a lot of pressure from that. I was molested by babysitters at six and nine. I had a tough teenage years as a young man. I was lost in the world, just having a lot of fun, but not finding any fulfillment in life. You know, you can make money and drive nice cars and and date beautiful women and have nice things. And at the end of the day, you can be miserable when you lay your head on the pillow. And Mm -hmm. that was my life until around 31, I decided that uh, it wasn't enough. And I started to change my life make those choices that would change me forever, embracing growth, embracing so many changes in all areas of my life. And that really kind of led me to, you know, where we're at today. Wow. So that background, you're talking about your parents. Where does your surname come from, Sean? Uh, It's Italian. It's Italian. So here we are. We've got a Greek and an Italian on the episode. (laughs) And and listeners, I want you to know that we don't actually have food in front of us. We should. We should. It's a bit weird that we don't, but we should. Yes, uh, absolutely. Sean, wonderful background that you've just shared in. Thank you for doing that. The question here for me is, how did you get into leadership? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I think as I was discovering my own journey and my own personal growth plan and growth development, I remember that I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I had entered into the entertainment industry and I wanted to help more people. I had been a firefighter in Oklahoma for five years, which was great. But deep down inside, I just felt there was more I was supposed to do. And so I got into entertainment. I had an opportunity to do that. And it wasn't to be famous. I could care less about fame. I just wanted more resources and more influence to help more people. So after doing that for 14 years in New York and LA, I I just wasn't happy. It just wasn't the thing I was supposed to do. And so I decided to get out of entertainment. I didn't know what I was going to do. And you're going to love this story. So one night, it was a Wednesday night. uh, I had gotten back into church, made God another part of of my life again, because he hadn't been for so long. And there was a little woman, probably in her 70s, and she was headed my direction. I saw her just shuffling away, headed towards me. And I thought, what does she want? I've never never seen her before. And my friend, she walked right up to me, got right all up in my personal bubble. And she just said, excuse me, young man. You're trying to figure out what to do with your life, aren't you? Whoa. And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I am. And without missing a beat, she goes, well, you got a big mouth. You ever thought about speaking? (laughs) So I giggled a little bit because I just shocked me. And I said, well, no, ma'am, but maybe I should. And she said, "Uh uh-huh. And she spun a 180 and off she went. I had never seen her before. I've never seen her since, but I could not. Her words had a stickiness. I could not rid myself of that, of that just connection we had. And so about two weeks later, I decided to go and move into the world of speaking. I had never thought it, never dreamed it. I thought it was the craziest idea. But the reality is, I just thought there's a reason that happened. And so I started telling people I was a speaker and it just started to snowball as I got out there found my way, started to get better. Obviously in the beginning, we're all not great, but you just get better and better and you keep putting yourself out there. And over time, doors would open up that allowed me to keynote around the country and the world to start business coaching, business consulting. And I have loved helping people find their dreams, discover their destiny and take things to the next level now for over 20 years. 
It's amazing how people come into our lives to and, and give us a message at times to to help us actually understand or wake up a bit. It's, it's amazing. And the thing is that you had 14 years, you weren't happy. I don't know if it was the whole 14 years you weren't happy, but at least, you know, you, it took you 14 years to realize I'm not happy in this and then for you to move on to do something else. How many people in life are doing something in life and they're not happy with it? They're not that they're not willing to go and take do a change, or they haven't realised they're not happy. Do do you see that at all, Sean? That people would just sort of take a long time, or they have no idea where they are, they have no awareness that they're not happy. Absolutely, I, I think that one of the things I like to say a lot is that we have become human doings, not human beings. Mm. We are going through the motions in life, and we're not truly living life. And so, what I've encouraged people to do is don't take fourteen years to figure out that you're not happy in a situation, that that's not where you're called to be. Because the second I made that move, even though it was, and, and people need to really hear this, extremely uncomfortable as change is, but I was doing something I'd never even thought of. Sometime your dream will discover you if you just keep seeking it. And that's what happened with me. And I'm here to tell you, it was very uncomfortable. And I fought my, my way through fear and the desire to quit. But at the end of the day, I believe when we step into what God has called us to do, that he will move heaven and earth on our behalf. And that's exactly what I've seen. So I just want to encourage people. I've had so many people that have come up to me after keynotes and say, I have not been dreaming. I have not been happy where I'm at. I've had a few, which I feel bad, but I've had a few literally say, I'm quitting my job today. Wow. And I'm, I know I'm supposed to do this other thing. One lady brought her boss to me and said, I just told him I'm resigning. And he kind of laughed and he said, it's okay because I know she needs to go do this. But when you, when you reignite the heart of a dreamer, anything is possible. Fantastic. Hey, to all the bosses out there, sorry, but, uh, but we've, Sean and I, Sean and I, Sean and I have got things to do and we've got to make it happen. So, um, uh, yes, it's awesome. Yeah. Too right. And, uh, I love it. We are human beings, uh, but actually we should be human doings and uh, getting out there and doing things and living the life that we should be living, uh, which is really, really, really wonderful stuff that you're sharing there, Sean. Hey, um, here's a question for you in the sense that this person could be a liable from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? Wow. Well, you have like the best questions. <laughs> you know, I go on some podcasts, they're like, what'd you have for lunch? I'm like, that's all you got? You have like these questions that are deep, man. I love this. Oh, wow. My favorite leader. There's so many, but I think the one that I'm going to choose is one that some may or may not have heard of, but he has been instrumental, more instrumental than any other leader in my life. Of course, you know, we can always go the safe route and say, well, Jesus, you know, something like that. But here's the deal. The guy by the name of Tim Story from LA. I mean, this guy has been a coach and mentor of mine since 1997, and he was the first communicator that I saw be so raw and real and transparent from stage that told his story of, of growing up in a home with an alcoholic father who finally turned his life around, gave his life to God, and then was killed shortly after by a drunk driver, about his sister that was killed by a drunk driver, by his brother who struggled with alcohol and died at the age of 42. I mean, this amazing family, he still has two sisters and a mom, and I love the story family. They have meant the world to me. But this man to embrace his pain and to say, I'm going to turn that pain into promise, that pain into purpose, 
and to take that and change lives in over, I think it's 80 some odd countries all over the world. Oprah's had him on Soul Sunday. I mean, to see, this is what I'm talking about. When you embrace it and you don't run from it, God will move heaven and earth on your behalf. And this man has spoken into my life personally from a distance. I used to wear his cassettes out back when cassettes were a thing. So I would say, you know, he's been my favorite because there's so few leaders, I think, that are willing to be transparent because they feel like I have to, I have to keep a certain air about my ability or my talent or my title. And you got to throw that stuff out and be real because the world has changed in the last 12 to 24 months. And there's a new, I believe, a new approach in terms of what people are looking for and what they need. And if a leader doesn't adapt to that, then you're not going to be connecting and changing anybody's life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 